Um, so today I want to talk to you about something, uh, but before I get into it, I have, I have sort of a, my own testimony um, to share with you. Um, so last weekend we had our church picnic, amen, praise the Lord, uh, and it was so awesome, and then Monday, we, well, most of us were off work, and I was, and I, I stayed home, and uh, we went to Cynthia's parents and had more carne asada, and uh, so, uh, yeah, so on Tuesday, when it was time for me to go to work, I, I woke up normal, uh, you know, did my, got ready to go, and, but immediately, the Lord began to speak to me very, very subtly, like, just, just speaking to me in my heart, and um, I got in the car, and it was 7.30, and I put some worship on, and uh, he started to speak to me very, like, like strongly, uh, and, and I don't mean like aggressively, I mean like his presence was just like very evident. It was one of those experiences where, you know those experiences where you'll never forget when God speaks to you in that moment? It was one of kind of those experiences where I know that th- I will never forget this, and it was kind of like the time where he said, preach my grace and love. And so he's speaking to me at 7.30 in the morning. I get to work. I don't even know how I got to work, to be honest with you. Uh, praise God for his angels and all that. So he's speaking to me. He's speaking to me. And he's just kind of like downloading on me just so much richness. And so I get to work, and then my computer's not working right. And, like, I can't really function all the way. And so I just pull out my Microsoft Word document, and I just start to type everything that he was telling me. I didn't, I went to lunch, I went to lunch, and I kind of ate a little bit, talking to Cynthia about what God was showing me, I come back from lunch, my computer's still not functioning correctly, so I continued to, to just write from what the Lord was giving me, and uh, he didn't stop till about 3.30, from 7.30 to 3.30, just giving me a lot of what he wanted to say, and uh, it, w- it was kind of overwhelming because I've never experienced something like that before. And usually when he gives me word, it's kind of like in parts, like, oh, you know, the, you know, you should talk about this, you know. And this time it was like all at once. And so he gave me basically a series that we're going to start today called One Under One, Spirit of Unity. And he kind of showed me what unity is. He showed me what... Uh, what how the church should be united, and you're going to be surprised. Isn't that cool? One on one. One under one. So, um, yeah, praise God. So, one God, one body. Okay? It's one body of the Lord under one God. And we're going we're gonna to learn so much about what unity truly is and what division truly is. Just right off the bat, I want to tell you that division is demonic in nature. It's satanic in nature. Division is not physical, it's spiritual. Uh, uh, Unity is not all of us being under one roof. It's a heart issue. It's a spiritual issue. You could be living with your family under one roof and be divided. Amen. But you could be united too. So it's not physical, it's spiritual. So I want to take you through this journey of what unity really is and what it's not. It's so important for us as the body of Christ to understand this. And your outlook is going to change because mine did dramatically. I started seeing other people 
other brothers and sisters that sometimes I would say stuff, to be honest with you, and uh, things changed in my heart. And I want it to change for you, and God wants it to change for you as well. So let's, let's begin. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. And if you see me looking at my notes, uh, it's because I really want to make sure that I hit every point. Uh, it's not that the Spirit's not leading me. He's, he's leading me to my notes. So, amen, when you have Ephesians chapter 4, I'll give you the verses in just a little bit. And then we'll pray, because if you can't tell, I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> so are you there? All right. Let's read it first, and, and then we'll pray. So we're going to read from verse 3 until verse 14. I'm going to read really slow, uh, New King James Version, and uh, then we'll, we'll continue. It says, endeavoring, this is Paul, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as we are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. But to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, now this sounds like it's out of context right now, but we'll see how it's connected. When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, now this thing about he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He's asking the question, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens. Say all the heavens. All the heavens are open, amen? That he might fill all things. There's other versions that say that he might fill all the universe. So he descended and he ascended to fill all the universe, all things. And he himself, this is so important, this is in the context of unity. He himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, remember this from gifted, five gifts, grace, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So equipping for work of ministry. One, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Two, till what? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer, listen, this is why unity is important. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for your word. Your word is, is enough because it's you, God. God, give us the, the word today. God, give us the logos and the rhema today, Lord. We want to hear from you, Holy Spirit. Use me, God. Let me be your vessel this afternoon, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me 
flip this and make it bigger. Yes. All right. A lot of time, uh, we think that unity is everyone under the same roof. And sometimes it's frustrating when you're driving in L.A., right? And you look that there's a church in every corner. It's kind of frustrating. And you think, man, why can't these churches just, you know, be together and... And we think like that sometimes, and it might be a sign that there's heart issues there, but we can't assume that just by, because there's different churches. So unity is not everyone being under the same roof and under the same exact leadership and doing the exact same thing. Unity is not church being cookie cutter and being the same. For example, our hand is, has a different way of doing things than our foot does. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. So unity is a heart issue. Now, one thing that we mistake unity sometimes is that we think that space between us as brothers and sisters, we, we always deem that as division. And space is not necessarily division. For example, we have brothers in Asia and in Iraq and Afghanistan and India who are doing the work of the Lord and they're way over there and we are way over here, but we are united under one God, one faith, one hope and one Lord. Amen. So we are the same, but we might have miles between us. We might have space between us, but what unites us is the Lord and we are one under him. Unity is not being at the same place at the same time. Jesus said like this. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's in Mark 16, 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So in order for us to go to all the world, we're going to have to go to different places. And there's going to be brothers in Christ in different places. But it doesn't mean that we're separate from each other or we're divided. It actually means that the gospel is spreading out. It actually means that the commission that, that Jesus gave to his disciples is actually being completed and there's fruit that is being shown. Therefore, separation of space is not division. So, you know, we need to get that into our hearts. Remember Paul, he wrote to the Ephesians, to the Corinthians, to the Romans, the Galatians. He wrote to all these people that were in different regions. They were not in the same church necessarily. They were in different places of the world or even the same region in Greece. They had different churches in different areas. It didn't mean that they were divided. It meant that the gospel was spreading. They were in unity. They were family, but they were just in different regions. Some other cities that if you read uh, the book of Acts, he went to his Cyprus, these are hard to pronounce, Pamphylia, Pisidia, and Lyconia. We never hear about those because there's no book dedicated to that region or that church that was in Cyprus. That's an easy one to say. So there's no book, turn your Bibles to the book of Cyprus. There's no book, Cyprus, amen? We know that? Check the table of contents. I promise you, there's no book by the name of Cyprus, but Paul went there and established believers there. He would go to every city establishing churches, but what united them was not that they were under one roof, but that they were under one God. They were under one God in the same gospel. So space is not division, just like closeness does not imply unity. 
I can be right next to you and be divided. Amen? I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I have. I could be close to someone and feel like there's something between us. Our hearts are not connected. A conversation needs to happen. We need to sit down and say, hey, what's up, man? I love you. What's going on? Let's talk. And that person might open up and we talk and then we're best friends after that. Amen. And we might need to do that several times through our life because things might get annoying and, and things might get weird. But we need to communicate and open up does not mean that we're close. There's unity or that we're separated. There's anybody have family outside of California? Amen. I do, too. <laughs> and you love your family. They love you. Amen. And, and you're united with them. They're your family. Because you might have the same dad or <laughs> same mom or grandparents. So you have no choice, right? They're your family. So Jesus was chilling, right? He was with his disciples, and the disciples come. He, hey, Jesus, check this out. There's this guy over there. He's delivering people from demonic possession there's people that are possessed by demons and he's doing the ministry work and he's taking demons out in your name jesus what are we gonna do about that jesus i mean did he ask you did, 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 did he did you ordain this guy jesus did, did you you know did, did you uh, did you did you say it was okay jesus did you want me to go tell him they say that did you want me to go stop him and tell him to stop and Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. First of all, is he actually taking the demons out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, what he does in my name, he, he will continue to believe it because it'll happen. What well, he doesn't. And then he says, famous quote, anyone who is not against us is for us. Amen? Anyone who is not against us is for us. Amen? Let me get a loud amen. 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 All right. Wake up. Anyone who is not against us is for us. And the disciples are like, wait, what? Uh, I thought we were, I thought we were the only ones. Uh, you know, I thought we, thought we had a connection here, Jesus. I thought, I thought you called us 12 and not this other, what happened to that guy? We never heard from him in the Bible, right? After that. But, but, but we can't assume that, that nothing happened. He might have continued to do ministry, and he might have continued to, to serve the Lord, and he might have seen the, the crucifixion. He might have been there at the resurrection because it was more than 12 people at the resurrection when he ascended unto heaven. Amen? So he said, anyone who is not against us is for us. All right. So space... See, Jesus and his disciples were here. Homeboy was over there. They didn't even know his name. Poor guy. When I get to heaven, I'll be like, Jesus, who was that guy? I want to meet him right now. I want to meet him. I want to get shake his hand. Because he was like, he was proactive. Amen? Initiative, right? So I want to meet that guy one day. So space is not division. Just like next to each other is not unity. These, 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 uh, these concepts are spiritual. Unity is heavenly. It comes from a heavenly perspective. 
while division is not. Okay? So space is not division. Disagreement in the way that we do things is not division. Hello? If we disagree in methods, it's not division. Okay, y'all ain't feeling me. <clears throat> Acts chapter 15, please. Some of you have read this. Some of you have not. Acts chapter 15, when you have it, say amen. I'll give you the verse. We get a loud amen when you have it, okay? All right. And tell your neighbor, hey, neighbor, you listening? Tell him, tell him, you listen. You listening, neighbor. Acts chapter 15, are you there? All right, we're going to go to verse, verse 35. 35, you there? All right, Paul and Barnabas also remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Good idea. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Okay, we'll call him Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention uh -oh, became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. See, those are other churches in Syria and Cilicia. Amen? There's a lot of churches back then, all of a sudden. I thought it was just the Romans and the Galatians. There was a lot of churches back then. Hello? Okay. Here Paul and Barnabas, the best in missionary work at that time. I mean, they're going to a city, and if God opens the doors, church. Amen? They go to another city if God says, go to that city. Because at first, there were cities that were Gentile cities where Paul and Barnabas, if you're reading the book of Acts, God's, the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 don't go there yet. So they have to go back to Damascus and Antioch. And then the Holy Spirit now is opening the doors. But Paul and Barnabas, uh-oh, they don't agree. <gasps> is, am I, you know the people that put titles on the Bible? A mind that says, division of Paul and Barnabas. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. It was just a disagreement. It was just a disagreement that they had. These are the, the best guys. Barnabas was an apostle, just like Paul. You can read it in the book of Acts. Amen? This does not mean division, only disagreement. I want to do it this way. You know, Barnabas, he's such a... Such an encourager, right? His name means encouragement, right? So he's an encourager. Mark, Mark had left them hanging. They were preaching in, in Pamphylia, and Mark was like, I'm done, I'm out. And Barnabas is like, let's give him another shot. And Paul, he's a little bit more strict. He's like, nah, I don't know. 
you know, Mark, he kind of left us. I want to take Silas. You know, he's a little bit more, you know. And, and, and the cool thing, I love this. We should learn from this. None of them said, you know, God told me that. Uh... Amen. Because that's the easy way out, right? Oh, I've done it too. Come on, somebody. Please, please agree with me. You know, actually, God told me the, uh, remember what God told me? I love it because none of them said that. You know what it was? It was a disagreement in their method. It was just the way that they wanted to do things. Some people do things differently. We might disagree. It doesn't mean that we're divided. Or it doesn't mean that our hearts should turn away from them. Or that we should dislike them or hate them even. It doesn't mean that a disagreement shouldn't be personal. You like jello and I don't. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I might like ice cream. And Yes, amen. And you like jello, Right? And Paul and Barnabas, they're just having a disagreement. You know, if we go back to it, he's like, now Barnabas was determined to take Mark. But Paul insisted, verse 38, Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. The one. He didn't even name him, right? So Paul and Barnabas are like, no, man, like we should take Silas. We'll go back to the same. Barnabas is like, no, we should take Mark. No, but he left us, though. Remember we were in that city and he just left? Yeah, I know, but he's cool. He, don't worry about it. I talked to him. It's all good now. And Paul's like, maybe like, I don't know, though. I don't, I don't know. You might feel that way, but I don't know. So I'm going to take Silas. Is that cool? Well, no, it's not cool. You take Silas. I'll take Mark. All right, bye. It doesn't mean that they were divided. Paul would have wrote about it. I know, I know Paul. He wrote about everything. Anything that was wrong, anything that he didn't like, he wrote about it. He would have brought, you know, I was with Barnabas. He wrote about Peter when he confronted Peter. You don't think he would have wrote about Barnabas? You know, I was with Barnabas and that guy just left with Mark, the other guy that leaves. But he didn't do that. Because the, the, no, the, there was no division in their disagreement. You might like blue and I might like red. Doesn't mean we're going to be against each other. You might like a, a basketball team that I don't like. Go Lakers. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that there's division. Because ministries look different. Doesn't mean that there's division. Come on, somebody. You know, some might do fire tunnels. Some might do altar calls. Doesn't mean we're divided. We're just doing different things. Same Holy Spirit. Same God. What do I got on my notes? You go that way, I'll go this way. That's what they said. In this case, both men were leaders and their followers. Can you imagine Luke? Luke is there. He's writing this. Luke is like... I don't even know. Maybe Mark and Silas were there. You don't. Mark. Okay. Okay. Paul doesn't want. Okay. Silas. Okay. Yeah. You know, leadership sometimes will make decisions, right? And uh, it's just based on preference. It's not really like, it's not always like, 
We over-spiritualize like, oh, I like the lyrics this way because God said to me in a dream. Uh, you just like it that way. You know, I, I, Cynthia was making the background. I like the, you can't really see it here. Can you see it over here that it's a mountain? Okay, I like stuff like that. Just so the people that do this stuff, I like, I like the, the background with the, with the sunset and the, the field and the mountain. That's what I like. Some people might like buildings and cities and I don't, uh, it's okay. But, I, you know, the, that's just personal preference. Come on. This was not a personal attack or a personal rift between them. The difference between these two giants of the faith were not rooted in pride. It was not pride. It was not personal ambition. This was about the gospel. It was not personal ambition. This was not about offended feelings. They were rooted in different spiritual gifts and outlook and calling. This was not a biblical issue. Like what we believe is different. It wasn't like that. It wasn't about who was right and who was wrong. It was just a disagreement. So disagreement... It's not division. To me, they resolved it in true unity, in the spirit of unity. Because unity is from the spirit. That's why in Ephesians 4, it said, in the spirit of unity. We should strive to be united in the spirit of unity. Paul was a bit more strict, like I said, and Barnabas was just a little bit more encouraging. There's people like that in here. That I'll be like, I don't know. No, check it out. It's, It's all good. All right, then. Now, in this case, there were benefits to this separation. Fruit was birthed through this holy disagreement. (laughs) Therefore, two ministers may disagree, or two people, they might even go separate ways, yet this is not division. Barnabas still went to preach the gospel with Mark. Paul definitely, because he wrote half of the Bible, went to preach with Silas. And even at the end of the days of Paul, he asked for Mark. He said, Mark, come check me out in jail. Showing that there was never any, any negative. Amen? So we might disagree from time to time, but uh, that's not division. I'm sorry. We might disagree with a, a, a way another church does something but it's still not division. It's okay. It's okay. Diversity is okay. You know, through this this moment of, of disagreement and separation between Paul and Barnabas, Paul finds Timothy. And maybe if they stay together, maybe, maybe, he doesn't find Timothy right, right then and there. But the very next chapter, he finds Timothy. Because they went different ways. God was not upset. This was not division. Amen? Are we good so far? Diversity also is not division. Amen? In other words, unity is not uniformity. You can quote me on that one. Unity is not uniformity. That was good. That's a good one. We might have different race, economic backgrounds, cultures, gifts. Some might worship with different kind of instruments than we do. Their rhythm might be different than ours. It might even be in a different language. Oh, no. It's fine. This is only personal preference and diversity in the body of Christ. 
This is not division. Diversity, diversity causes multiplication. Because without diversity, other people are not able to be touched by the gospel. Amen? Like you go to some churches and you can tell that a lot of, a lot of them were ex-cholos. And you might look at them and be like, oh, I don't know, I don't get it. Like, why do you gotta, you know, you know how we are. But they relate. And because of that diversity, they're able to come into the gospel. Oh, man. <sighs> from heaven. If we could picture unity from heaven, you wouldn't be scared that there's churches in a lot of places. God ultimately, what he wants is people to come into heaven. All right, I am family. I have heard of people coming to Jesus, for example, through like a Christian rap concert. Mm -hmm. His name's Lecrae. People through a friend, a crusade, a Bible study, a retreat. Janet gave her life at our first retreat. Acts 16, Paul comes and he chooses Timothy. Timothy is a direct fruit of diversity. His mom was a Jew and his father was a Greek. He was diverse. He was different. He's Jew and Greek. Whoa. That was different back then. Today, everyone's mixed, right? We're all beige. No one's like... <sighs> no one's an actual color anymore. But back then, wow, Jew and Greek. Whoa. I had a friend that was Philippine. Uh, his mom was Filipino. And uh, shout out to the Filipinos. And uh, his dad was from Kuwait. And that was weird in high school. And I would look at him, he was like this short, but dark. And like, you know, like his eyes were, you know, slanted. And when I first met him, I'm like, what are you, bro? Like, he's like, oh, my dad's, you know, my dad's from Kuwait, from the Middle East, and my mom's Filipino. Whoa, really? What do you guys do during Christmas? Anyway. Someone might pray very loud. You might pray very soft. Oh, Father. You know, that's tough when you tell someone to lead prayer and they pray really soft and you're like, did he, did he say amen yet? No. Some might sing really loud and they sing maybe psalms from the Bible and some might sing original spiritual songs or hymns. Like I said, some might do fire tunnels and some might do altar calls. Some might use a pulpit and some might use a table. Some might have a choir and some might not. Some might read the King James Version. I can't. I read the New King James Version, NLT and Message and all that. Some might call it Bible study like we do, and some call it cell group, life group, church in the house. I don't know. Does it mean that we're divided? It's just diversity. Some might say, hey, we got to preach grace more. Some might say, man, we need love more. We need kingdom. We need, ah, it's all the gospel, guys. Chill out. It's not, diversity is not division. Amen. Think of the 12 apostles, okay? Some were fishermen, tax collectors, different political views. Judas, different. They were somewhat diverse, not extremely diverse but they were somewhat diverse these were different men 
I saw this funny picture where Jesus is there. It's like a cartoon, and Jesus is like, okay, make sure you guys get this. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are there, and, and make sure you guys are all the same and accurate. And everyone had a diverse perspective of what Jesus did because diversity is part of the kingdom. Therefore, unity is not based on being in one place. It's based on being under one God with the same heart. There can be space and there can be unity with that. Disagreement of method also is not a cause for division. Diversity, diversity is so important, is not division either. Amen? So here is Paul and Barnabas. Here's Mark and Silas. And they go off to different lands. And they preach the gospel. And more churches are birthed and birthed and birthed and birthed. And the gospel is spreading and spreading and spreading and spreading. We cannot let these things become so big in our mind. You know, the separation or uh, the disagreement of different methods or, or the diversity. We cannot let these things become so big in our mind that we feel divided from anyone else. Some might, someone uh, may be going to another building and meeting with another group, that's not always division. That might be a disagreement of methods. Uh, space and diversity, all of that, we are under one God. And that's how the body needs to be. The body needs to spread. Now what the devil has done is he's made, a, he's made us believe that there are body parts and not one body. So what we need to change in our mind is look at it from, is God nervous right now? Is he worried about unity? Right? He's, he's fine. So we need to look at it from his eyes, from his perspective and say, okay, when God looks at his church, he sees Jesus. He sees the body of Jesus. That's what he sees. Amen? That's why Jesus died on the cross. I don't know if you knew that. He gave his physical body for his spiritual body, which is the church. We cannot be scared because Jesus gave his life for his church. When you get nervous about those things, division, unity, what you're saying is you're diminishing the sacrifice of Jesus. We can't diminish that powerful thing he did on the cross, giving his body physical body saying because of this my people will be united you see all the verses before in the old testament were my people are like a sheep without a shepherd they are all scattered in the mountains now it's not like that now it's this is my church holy nation holy and beloved my bride mine that's why he gave his life. Now, is there some things that are division? Yes, there is. But you're going to be surprised about that. Because I was. Or maybe you won't. But I was. But you're going to see that most of the things that we think divide us don't. They're just differences. They're diversity. They're different ways of thinking. There is just all of that. 
You're going to see how, how the apostles, what was called the Council of Jerusalem, it was so important to have counsel back then. Can you imagine all the 12 apostles, including Paul and Barnabas and all the elders together and all these believers together discussing what the gospel was going to be? We're going to see how men tried to creep into the church and try to create division. And all of them would get together. Imagine them in one room together in a circle and saying, this is what the gospel is. This is what Jesus said. We cannot let these guys try to change it. What were they doing? Were they, were they being negative against those people? No, they were protecting unity. We're going to see all of that. We're going to see what unity truly is, which is the seven items. I'm going to give you a little clue. Read Ephesians chapter 4 again this week. There's seven one items. He said one hope, one seven of them. Those are the things that unite us. And we're going to see all that. And then we're going to see what division is. We're going to see where it started. We're going to see how it continued. We're going to see how it's affected now. And we're going to change the world now because of this amen all right get on your feet let's pray you know kevin preached a message about being fathers and mothers part of that is the protection of unity that's why there's spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers because god has called us to protect his body to protect unity those seven things think of those seven things this week and, and notice how the enemy has tried to mess with those things. Now, if you're sick today, if you're in pain today, if you're going through anything, we're going to sing a song. I want you to come to the front as we sing the song. If you need a job, if you need a raise, whatever you need, I want you to come to the front today. God wants to do something in your life today. Let's sing a song. Let our worship rise to the one whose glory.